It's been a glorious two days here at our parish. We started off yesterday with the, with, I had the great honor and privilege to preside over a funeral one of our longtime parishioners. And it was, it was utterly amazing. I, I hardly see this, by the way. This parishioner of ours was 98, but that's not the amazing part of it, a 98-year-old woman by the name of Jane Garcia. Do you all know her? Jane Garcia. 98. She was born here in Vacaville and then died here in Vacaville. 98 years. And so the daughter came in and we were planning the funeral and I said, well, tell me stories how it was growing up here in Vacaville. And she shared stories about her mom, of course. When she was a kid, the mom would, would get up early in the morning and go out, and their parents would make them pick prunes from the orchards. They'd have to come back inside, change their clothes, get ready for school, go to school, come back in the afternoon, change again, and then go back into the orchard to pick prunes. Their section of town where the city hall is, where the police station is right now, they said over there, and I was, uh, uh, I never knew this about Vacaville, but our little town's history, but she said in that section of Vacaville, all of the Spaniards bought up all these different blocks. And it became, if you've been a long-time Vacaville resident, that little section of town was called, do you remember? The Village. And all the Spaniards were just congregated over there. Because her parents had immigrated from Spain themselves. And all of the aunts and uncles, and they all lived there. All the aunts, and they all live in that beautiful part of town. She would eventually meet her husband in the Solano grocery, when that still existed. Her future husband would be the butcher, and she would be the butcherette, as she was called. And then in high school, she worked at the Vacaville Creamery. All these different places that we have no idea about anymore, but when Vacaville was just a tiny little nothing hick town. Then I asked her, what do you remember most about your mom? She paused for a moment, tears welled up in her eyes, and she said, the love of our house. The love that was radiating through her mom, living in the village. They live in their house for 40 years. What Jane understood was that she knew who she was. And here's what I mean by that. This morning, we had our Advent morning of recollection. We're getting ready. We're about to enter the season of Advent. This is shockingly, but Christmas will be here soon. Is that scary? I wear a size nine and a half, by the way, if you're wondering what to get me for, for Christmas. <laughs> size medium t-shirt. We had two, about 250 people here this morning for the retreat. It was a glorious retreat. And we came together to ask that pivotal question, who or why do we need Jesus Christ? After 
the morning of recollection, we had baptisms here. New sons and daughters been baptized into, into the body of Christ. And then after the baptisms, we had a wedding. So it's been back-to-back glorious events. But notice this now. If I were to ask those little babies that were baptized this morning, if they can talk when they're just small little babies, but eventually they'll grow up and they'll start talking, and then we'll wish that they didn't talk as much anymore. If I were to ask those six kids that were baptized today, who are you? They have to answer that question differently now because they are baptized. If I were to ask that married couple, they got married today at 2 p.m., if I were to turn to, that, to the man, who are you? After the wedding, you know what he would say now? I am a beloved husband. And if I were to turn to the woman, who are you? I am a beloved wife. How we define ourselves determines the course of our life. If indeed I am a husband, that dictates to what I'm going to do on the weekend. If I am a priest, that dictates what I'm going to do on the weekend. If I am a mother, a father, how we define ourselves Who are we? How we answer that then follows what do we do with our life? Growing up, you know, I grew up in Elk Grove. I've shared with this many times over the years. Just going to public school, I never went to Catholic school until my first Catholic school was seminary, which doesn't count, right? As a kid, just growing up in the typical public school system, and you would ask me that question as a kid, who are you? You know what I was taught just growing up in our culture? I am an evolved monkey. A handsome one, but a monkey nonetheless. I am the product of an accident of the universe. There is no order, there is no intelligibility, there is no meaning behind anything. You just poof into being. You are an accident of different causes. If indeed, and and if I were simply to absorb that identity, that I am nothing special, I will live, hopefully, God willing, on average, it's about 76 years old. It's the average length of an American today. And the meaning of life is simply, what? Nothing. Go up, get up, go to work. Earn enough money, buy a house, buy food. Go out on the weekend, have fun. But if I were to answer that question, I am nothing but an accident of the universe. That dictates how I live. Paul. 
writing to the church in Thessalonica in the second reading today. Look what he's doing to the Christians of the first century. He says this twice, brothers and sisters. Concerning times and seasons, meaning concerning the world. You know very well that the day of the Lord will come. But remember, you are brothers and sisters. And here's the key line. You are not in darkness, for you are all children of the light. Do you see what Paul just did here? Do you see what he just did to the Christians of the first century? He says, you are children of the light. You have been baptized. And that radically changes who you are. You are no longer one of your, the pagan people anymore. The, the city of Thessalonica, it was known to be a port city. And in this port city, they were surrounded by all the different gods and goddesses of the Roman Empire. They were all surrounded by different gods of, of the Greek Empire. And he's telling them, you are no longer part of that people anymore. You are sons and daughters of light. What does Jesus Christ describe himself as? Remember, he says to his disciples, I am the light of the world. And therefore, everybody, all of us who have been baptized, when we were little babies, we were brought into the church. Our identity was given and changed. And now we have become sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. Now, when I realize that, watch how my life now changes. If I identify as a son and daughter, or son or daughter of our, of our Heavenly Father, how does that affect my weekend now? I'm going to be in church on Sunday. Why? Third commandment of God. Keep the Sabbath holy. Jesus Christ, who was given himself on the Eucharist. Every single Sunday we get to receive Jesus Christ. Why? Because I need the graces that flow from here. Because my heart is wicked and it is fragile and it's constantly going after the shiny things of the world. And I'm constantly going astray. And the graces of the Eucharist always brings me back. If I am a son of God, all of a sudden the meaning of life takes on radical new meaning. Do you remember when Jesus was asked, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? Do you remember what our Lord said? Love God with all of your heart, mind, and soul. Well, what does that mean? How does that affect my day now? Well, I'm going to do everything possible to know my God. I'm going to pray my rosary. <laughs> I'm going to pick up sacred scripture and know our story. I'm going to strive to do the second part of the greatest commandment. Do you remember the second part Jesus says? says, the second greatest commandment is to love my neighbor. If indeed that is the second commandment, then you know what will happen. I will strive to lay down my life for you. 
Look at the great history of our church. Why did we build universities, hospitals? Why is the Catholic Church, why are we the largest charitable organization that has ever existed on earth? Because if indeed we are sons and daughters of God, we must serve the poor and our neighbor. Do you see now how it flows? Once I know who I am, if I am a son or daughter, that affects everything. That is why at the heart of the gospel today, Jesus says the great parable of the different talents. Now here, this is an amazing thing we think about it. Every single one of us, we all have superpowers. Talents. We've all been given gifts from God. My, one of my talents is to lull people to sleep, right? In my homilies, right? I'm a great at it, right? If indeed every single one of us, we all have talents, talents, gifts from God, how will we use it? If we begin by saying and recognizing and remembering, I am not a random accident of the universe, but I have been loved into being by my heavenly Father. I have been created in God's image and likeness, as Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 tells me and that I am loved more than anything in the universe, and God has died for my sins. Do you see now what happens all of a sudden when I recognize my true identity, how that affects what I must do with my talents? Then I'm going to try to love God with all of my heart, mind, and soul. Then I'm going to try to love you as best as I can. You know, the wicked servant here is the one who does nothing. So this is the person that has all these different talents, and you know what they do with it? Serve themselves. Build up their own ego. They do nothing apart from themselves. Who are we? How we define ourselves, determine the course of our life, what we do today, what we do tomorrow, and what we do each Sunday. Remember, you are children of the light. You are not in darkness, brothers and sisters. Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do but let us stay alert and sober.